You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm Dan Savage, and this is of course the Savage Lovecast, the once a week outlawed version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. I'm here uh, on the 23rd floor of the Washington Mutual Building in downtown Seattle with the tech-savvy at-risk youth, bringing you another installment of the program. We're about eight weeks away from the election. Now, the Lovecast has a lot of listeners in Canada and Europe and Australia, strangely enough, where I hope a certain gay gold medal winning diver is listening, because just that makes me... Uh, week at the knees to think about. Anyway, uh, I hope everyone's planning to vote and uh, vote for Barack Obama, who has not approved this message, and I'm sure wouldn't be happy about it uh, if you heard me chatting about him on the Lovecast. Uh, We're eight weeks away. If you care about sex, if you care about uh, choice, if you care about your right to make decisions about who you're going to love and who you're going to marry and, and who you're going to end up with. And I know Barack Obama's not perfect on gay marriage, but he's for full civil unions. He's for repealing DOMA. That's as good as we're going to get from a Democrat for the next five or ten years. So let's go for it. Also, if you care about the Supreme Court, uh, you don't want John McCain appointing the next few justices to the Supreme Court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg and John Paul Stevens are holding on by the skin of their rapidly uh, decomposing teeth. Uh, so you can't risk a McCain vote. However pissed you might be about the whole Hillary thing, you can't risk a McCain vote. Think about the Supreme Court. Uh, if you're not excited about voting for Obama, if you are excited about voting for Obama, and I believe the vast majority of my listeners are going to be excited about voting for Obama, get out there and fucking vote for Obama. Write the man a check. Uh, I intend to write the man a check and a very large one, and you should too. You probably also still have time to register to vote wherever you are. So if you haven't voted before and you'd like to get into the voting habit, I would encourage you to do so and register to vote now. And one last thing. We have been subjected over the Bush administration to an assault on science, on uh, independently verifiable facts. And that assault has come down hard on sex, Uh, absence education programs that are ineffectual and have been proven to backfire, proven to lead to higher rates of sexually transmitted diseases and higher rates of unplanned or teen pregnancies have been – we've poured billions into these programs because you know, because we have a faith-based government, because we have people running the show in Washington who uh, don't care about facts and don't care about research and don't care about science and don't care about results. They just care about wiggling their tongues up the asses of the religious right, up the asses of the concerned women for America, up Donald Wildman's ass, up the rapidly decomposing corpse of Jerry Falwell's ass. We can't have that go on. Those same people are going to remain in Washington and remain in positions of power if John McCain wins this election. People who believe in sex, people who dig sex, people who like to have orgasms and erections uh, and fun and choice and control of their own bodies and destinies need to vote Obama. End of rant. I just feel like I had to say that because we're eight weeks out and really all I can think about is the election, whereas all you people can think about uh, based on the number of calls pouring in is sex. Let's get right to those calls. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item plus a free gift with most purchases, please visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan and the Tech Soviet Risk Youth. Um, I'm a 29-year-old male, and I've got a bit of a problem. 
about four years ago, I was in a relationship with a girl. We were doing really well. Um, but uh, about three years into the relationship, we ended up stop having sex. Stop having sex. This wasn't really my decision as I have a very high sex drive. She just lost all interest in it. Uh, at the time, I thought that I was better than that, that I that my love for this person would be stronger than my carnal desires. Of course, as we all know, that was wrong. Um, we didn't have sex for about a year. I ended up breaking up, breaking off the relationship. <clears throat> um, at the time, it was really hard and brutal to say I really did love this woman, but things just weren't working out. Um, so fast forward to now, it's about a year later, after we broke up, I went on a couple of dates just dating people, and I ended up getting into a relationship with a girl who was about nine years younger than me. Um, I wasn't really seeking anything long-term, but it ended up happening. Coming up next month, we'll be dating for about a year. But my problem is now that this new girl that I'm dating, she also has decided that she no longer wants to have sex. Um, it's been a stressful thing in our relationship. I've tried talking to her about this. She doesn't really want to talk about it. She expects me to just be all right with this. I told her that I'm not, that this is the reason why I broke up with my last girlfriend. Uh, on top of that, she does a lot of things that really bothers me and annoys me. I ask her to stop and she just doesn't. I I just don't know what to do. I don't I don't know me. Hmm. You enjoy my podcast and you read my column and yet you don't know what to do when you're in a situation where you're dating someone who A, annoys you and B, won't fuck you. You dump that person. You leave that person. You fire a shot across the bow that says, you know, sex is important to me, just like you said. Uh, and uh, I broke up with my last girlfriend because there's no sex in a relationship. Waka, waka, waka. Uh, you got to know that this is grounds for termination uh, for me, for you. And it'll be over. And once you lay that out, if she chooses to continue doing what she's doing or not doing what she's not doing, leave. There's no pattern here. You know, you dated one girl for four years and the sex died. You stuck it out for a whole year. So it wasn't like you bailed because there was a little dry spell. You stuck it out for a year, which is really above and beyond the call of duty, in my opinion. And then you left her. And just as you move through uh, your romantic life, you just need to be as direct with the women you're going to date in the future as you were with this woman. Sex is important to me. I have a high sex drive. I've had a couple relationships fail because the woman lost interest in sex uh, and sort of unilaterally decided to declare an end to my sex life. And I'm not down with that. And eventually you'll find the girl whose sex drive matches your own or is willing to keep you milked to keep you happy to keep you there. I would also encourage you to do a moment's introspection just to make sure you're not the problem here because you are the common denominator in both these relationships. But, you know, you may not be the problem. And if you're worried about the emergence of a pattern, you just always have to remind yourself, as I am constantly reminding people, that every relationship you are ever going to be in is going to fail until one doesn't. And you just haven't found that one yet. Keep uh, keep slogging away. Hi, Dan. I'm an 18-year-old female and a huge fan of Savage Lovecast. Um, I've been with my boyfriend for about seven months, and I have yet to orgasm with him. Now, let me give you a little insight into my sexual history. He's my first sex partner, and I didn't start masturbating until we had sex for the first time about four months ago. 
a little after bought a vibrator and had my first orgasm and masturbated with the vibrator. And it wasn't until a few weeks ago that I ditched the vibrator for my own two hands because I really, really wanted to teach myself how to come without a vibrator. Alas, I could come, and although usually it takes a good long while once they came in 10 minutes with my own hands, so I do know it's possible. What I don't understand is why I cannot come from my boyfriend. He is totally loving and persistent, which brings me to tell you that I'm very noisy when we have sex, and I like to make pleasure sounds, one finger, etc., but I'm pretty sure he thinks this means I'm coming. He doesn't stop when I scream, but keeps going, thank God, and he never questions if I've had an orgasm or not. I just feel kind of bad that he thinks I have been orgasming. But the thing is, despite not coming with him, I have a great time with him in bed. I'm totally turned on and wet, and afterwards I always feel satisfied, satisfied and not horny anymore. But how can I come with my boyfriend? And yes, I have tried rubbing myself while having sex, but the thrusting is so intense that I barely feel my fingers on my clit. Dan, help. Another person who's reading me, but obviously not retaining anything that they're reading. How can you come with your boyfriend? Well, you're not going to be able to come with your boyfriend until you level with your boyfriend about the fact that you're not coming with him now. You can clearly come. You can come with the vibrator. You can come with your own hands. You can come when you masturbate. You need to, you know, get over the little hurdle. I don't know what you're doing. You say you're touching yourself and rubbing yourself while he's fucking you, um, which is, you know, clitoral stimulation during intercourse is what, you know, the vast and overwhelming majority of women require uh, to get there. So if you're doing that and that's not quite working, what I would encourage you to do is level with your boyfriend. Let him listen to the, your call. You say it really well. You enjoy the fucking sex. You have a great time. You feel really satisfied when it's over. You're not horny uh, when it's all wrapped up, but you're not. You know, you're not going over the falls. You're not having that orgasm that you have when you masturbate when you're alone. Once you level with him and lay that all out, if he's the nice, decent guy that he seems to be and concerned about your pleasure, which he seems to be, uh, and you stop misleading him by letting him think something that is not true, you have to take responsibility for your own predicament here because you've created this situation for yourself, he'll have the opportunity to step up to the plate and do what needs to be done. And here's what needs to be done. You need to masturbate with him. You need to put that vibrator in his hands. Let him use it on you. You need to have him sit between your legs and watch you masturbate. Watch if it takes the full 10, if it takes the full 20, whatever. Have him sit there and watch and let him stroke himself. Like masturbate together so that he can see what it takes to get you to orgasm, so that he can see that you can orgasm, so he can see what your orgasms look and sound like and how they're different than whatever he's observed before that he presumed to be your orgasms. And you should lay this all out like it's a big fun adventure, not like it's fucking, you know, uh, his second job or some horrible burden. You're orgasmic. He can get you there. You're horny. You can get you there. But you have to level with him. This is a problem that is solved as easily as you opening your mouth and telling the person that you have feelings for and the person you're having sex with, the truth. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products to spice up your love life or surprise a special someone. Choose from a great selection of toys, lingerie, and movies featuring stars like Jenna Jameson, Carmen Luvana, and Tara Patrick. Visit adamandeve.com today and receive 50% off any item of your choice, plus a free gift with a purchase of $17 or more. That's adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hey, Dan. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm gay, and I just turned 28. And uh, my problem is uh, relationships with other guys. Um, I haven't been in one, and um, it's just crazy because 
I don't know. I feel this weird pressure to have been in one. Um, but I have also have this like weird pressure that I put on myself, I guess, about um, talking to guys. I get really, really anxious when I talk to guys that I think are funny and cute and whatever. And I understand that like the only way to get over something like that is to like do it a bunch of times. I hear you say that a lot. Um, but it just makes me so like paralyzingly uh, anxious. Like I'll be talking to a guy and feel this intense pressure to just be funny or cool or whatever. And I just freak the fuck out. Like, I don't know what to do. I just like, uh, I guess like panic in my head. And I mean, so thus like, uh, like a good majority of the people I've like fooled around with and slept with have been people that I don't, really know or even like very much so i don't know i don't have really have a whole lot of experience with guys that i respect or think are great um so i'm just calling you because i don't know what else to do i see a lot of gay men doing what you do which is sleeping with people they're not really attracted to because the stakes are lower so it's easier because you know it's just a classic fear of rejection thing because, right. you know, if the guy leads you or dumps you or isn't interested in you, you're not going to really give a shit because you're not interested in him. Yeah. So you're just using him as a substitute right hand. Pretty much. And, but, you know, your inability to talk to guys you're actually attracted to, it's the same insecurity that everybody deals with because when you speak to somebody you're attracted to, the stakes are high. Because, you know, what if you say the wrong thing? What if you, what if you fuck up? This could have been your life partner or some really great sex. Uh, and you screwed it up because you made the wrong joke or whatever. And the irony is your nervousness around saying the wrong thing, which shuts you down so you say nothing, ensures the failure. Right? Because then you're not going to get into that person's pants ever, much less yeah. in a relationship with that person. So you are opting for certain failure instead of risking failure, risking rejection. You're sort of yeah. preemptively rejecting them. Yeah. Here's what you do. Okay. Take the pressure off yourself. You don't have to be funny. You can be, you have a nice, sexy, deep voice. I don't know what you look like, but your voice is hot. <laughs> you can you. be the strong, silent type. You can be a good listener. You can let them make the jokes. And you mm -hmm. can ease into the conversation. Not everybody wants to, you know, you don't have to be David fucking Letterman or a stand-up comedian to get fucking laid. There are plenty of gay guys out there who are stoic and quiet and have nice, sexy, deep voices who get... You know, tons of tons of ass, right? <laughs> and you can too. And the other thing, and you know, you're not supposed to say this when you're an advice professional, but thank God I'm an advice amateur. Is uh, booze and pot? Right. Yeah. They exist to lower our inhibitions because our inhibitions require lowering. And yeah, if you use them in moderation, they can take the edge off your anxiety, and they're less toxic than Xanax. Right. <laughs> So you go out, you have a couple of beers, you'll feel a little loose. You also, if, you know, a lot of guys, and this is how I met, you know, my love of my life. Because um, I, I think I'm very similar to you. I get very nervous talking to guys I think are hot. Right. Uh, in fact, I, I have a very hard time talking to guys who are hot. Usually what guys I think I, who I think are hot say that I did after I get to know them is they thought I was glaring at them. They thought I was mad at them. And I was just like, you know. Oh, really? things that were rude, um, which makes me look very focused, which I guess makes me look mad. Um, you need friends that you go out with who understand what your deal is. Yeah. And who you can say, True. I think that guy's hot. I think that guy's really hot. And they can engineer an interaction for you.
Uh-huh. So like booze, a buffer. Yeah, booze, pot, and wingmen. Okay. And listen. Don't feel like you have to perform. Some guys want to be the performer. You can be the audience and still get plenty of ass. What if, I don't know, what if we're both the type who are just like listeners or um, whatever, or I don't know, what if I, I don't know, maybe I just, I'm afraid I'll just like get scared that I'll have to be like, oh, is he just a listener too? Do I have to perform now? Or you know what I mean? Like You know, you put yourself out there a little bit and the guys who are interested will usually let you know. If you put yourself out there a little bit and, and you know the guy gives you nothing back, don't go, oh, he's maybe he's a listener too and I should keep, you know, chasing him. What he's probably telling you, you know, Occam's razor, the most obvious answer is usually the correct one. If you put yourself out there a little bit and the guy is giving you nothing in return, he's not interested. Right. Right? Yeah. So don't worry about, you know, the life partner you could have met if only you both didn't have the same social maladaptation. And, you, that, you know, it was up to you in that moment to hit him over the head of the club and drag him back to your cave. Because that's very unlikely. Right. Okay. Okay? Okay? Yeah. And, okay. Uh, I looked at your area code, and I won't say where you live, but I understand you can get pot around there, and I would recommend it. Oh, my God, it's everywhere. Yeah. Shh. It is everywhere. Don't tell the DEA. But oh, I won't. No, no, no. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. Hey, Dan. Um, I am a mid-twenties female, and I have somewhat limited sexual history. Uh, I have had sex with three guys before, uh, two of which were in relationships, one of which was a good friend, but it was kind of a casual thing. Anyways, I just met this guy recently, and he is five years younger than me, which normally age isn't too much of an issue, but... This guy is kind of immature. I mean, he really thinks he's the shit and talks about how awesome he is all the time. Um, But we've been kind of hanging out, and we seem, you know, we've been messing around a little bit, seem, you know, sexually compatible, if you will. Um, And I was, you know, kind of interested in fucking around a little bit, you know, seeing where it led, you know, maybe my first foray into truly casual sex. Um, We had kind of the STD talk, he told me that he, there's no way he could have anything because he, the plus five people he'd been with had all been virgins. Um, I was kind of not believing that necessarily. Um, we'd also had the pregnancy talk. He knew that I was on the pill and that kind of stuff. But anyways, so tonight he came over and we haven't had sex yet. We haven't had vaginal sex yet. Um, and we were, you know, kind of at that point where we were both naked and he was kind of on top of me, but I was making sure that there was no contact because he didn't have a condom on yet. And next thing I know, I realized that he had just like rubbed the head of his cock, like all over my vaginal area, if you will. And I like freaked out. Like I didn't yell at him necessarily, but in my brain, I was just like, Oh my God, what just happened? Like I had this really weird, like total psychological shutdown where I was like, basically my brain was like, get out of my house. I don't want to see you anymore. Like it was really interesting. And I was like, Hey, that wasn't cool. What was that about? And his response was, well, I wasn't close to coming. And so I explained to him how his penis works and how, you know, the stuff that comes out beforehand can have, oh, I don't know, diseases and make babies and those sort of things. Anyways, I'm finding myself in a position now where it was kind of a trust thing. And I know that maybe trust isn't the component in casual sex that I think it is, but 
whether he did what he did because he was ignorant and didn't understand the way things work or if he was just caught up in the moment and it happened, either way, I don't even know if I want to see him again. And so I was just curious about your opinion, if I'm way overreacting or whether I can freak out because that was really irresponsible of him. As a general rule, I avoid people and advise my friends and listeners to avoid people who talk about how awesome they are at length. I've always found that people with sort of manageable levels of self-loathing and self-hatred make the best partners because they're scrutinizing their behaviors. Uh, high self-esteem correlates uh, highly with sociopathic behaviors. So anyone who like lays around the house talking about how neato he is, and how cool he is, and how awesome he is, and how awesome all their friends are, uh, as a general rule, run in the opposite direction. Some of those people uh, can be deluded about how awesome they are, but still be totally hot and good in bed. Some crazy people are really great in bed. So if you just want to have you know a tumble with somebody who is a conceited piece of shit, uh, I- I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't, and I'm not going to tell you that I haven't or wouldn't myself. However, uh, you might not want to date him. Now, this, this issue about his sexual ignorance. First of all, you know, I only fuck virgins, therefore I'm told it bull fucking shit. Your BS detectors went off. That is bull fucking shit. That is somebody who uh, is telling you, is making shit up, making excuses, telling you a, a transparent lie. Obviously, somebody who thinks you're an idiot, right? That tells you everything. You need. He thinks he's awesome. He thinks you're a moron and you kind of let him get away with it that you let him touch you with his dick after he trotted out that horseshit uh is going to lead him to believe that he can try that with other ladies uh that he meets in future and that it'll work now uh, pre-cum you say that stuff can have diseases in it it can make babies it's true it's a rather inefficient uh transmission route for pregnancy getting a little pre-cum uh, on the outside, uh, you know, on your labia, on your lips, outside of your vagina, uh, he's got to really have some Michael Phelps sperms to get you knocked up uh, that way. Some loose Michael Phelps sperms in that pre-cum. And that's highly unlikely. It has happened, however. Uh, so you're right to be a little paranoid about it. You are on the pill. Um, and, and, you know, don't, the pre-cum isn't the only thing. You know, pre-cum doesn't have to be present uh, for a disease to be transmitted. There's all sorts of d- diseases, uh, syphilis, gonorrhea, uh, herpes, HPV, uh, that can be transmitted in the absence of uh, pre-cum. Um, H- HIV can also be present in pre-cum in, in high concentrations. Uh, but it's not like you may be mistaken if you think that you know you're in the clear if a guy isn't pre-cumming and he can you know stick his uh, dick in your eye sockets and it's not going to have any impact on you. Uh, I think you were wrong to suppress your you know violent reaction. Uh, to his actions and and, and tap it down. Um, I do think that there are times when you should sort of blow up at people uh, who are doing idiotic things during sex in, in you know, a non-scary way. You don't want to like jump out of bed and boil his rabbit, but you do want to like pull them up short, push them off. You say, what are you doing? You're obviously an idiot. Let's talk about this. Uh, should you see him again? Well, that depends. Do you want to play, uh, you know, sexy Henry Higgins to his idiotic, self-involved, narcissistic Eliza Doolittle? Um, sometimes what we require when we're young and stupid 
uh, ignorant uh, and impressed with ourselves is a slightly older lover who's willing to do a little bit of work, who's willing to invest a little time in uh, fucking some sense into us. Uh, your odds of being with this guy long term uh, are infinitesimally small. Uh, knowing that, uh, perhaps you should take one for the team. Perhaps you should think of all the women who are going to come after you or not come after you because I'm sure he really uh, – if he's laying out that virgin line, I'm sure he doesn't know how to give a woman an orgasm yet. You can think of all those women who are going to come after you and make him a better person and a better lover and slap and fuck some sense into him. If you're willing to make that kind of investment in him, you know, you'll, you'll get a gold star in heaven, right? It's, it's a little like objective altruism with a little sex for you around the edges. Uh, if you're up for that, I think you should go for it. You know, I remember once upon a time I was pretty uh, lousy lay myself and some of my very first boyfriends uh, could have just like shrugged their shoulders, thought I was an idiot and walked away, but they – liked me enough, even though they knew we weren't going to be long-term, to fuck some sense into me. And you can do the same for this boy. Hey, Dan. I have a question. Me and my daughter's mother recently have been trying to date again after about a year apart. She hasn't seen another man uh, since we broke up, and uh, she left him here recently, and me and her got back together. Anyways, I told her for me to trust her, since she's lied to me a lot, and I've lied to her a lot, that you need to push him away uh, I mean, still be fine with him because she does cut a lot of his friends' hairs, hair, as uh, so she does, she's a beautician, and she said she wants to stay friendly with him that way. So that's fine, that's cool. Uh, just, you know, no more regular contact talking, blah, blah, blah. Uh, is that wrong of me? I mean, I wouldn't think so, you know, for the trust, just for the trust for right now. I said, then maybe later on they can be friends, but right now, for me to trust her, uh, I would like for that to happen. So, uh, it sounds silly. Uh, she has a MySpace and everything, so do I. And uh, he's in, uh, she uh, has been having him on there, and uh, he's been leaving comments about him. Can't wait to see you here recently. And uh, I, I thought I asked, you know, did we not talk anymore? And she's still doing that. Uh, should I just drop it? Uh, should I just drop her? Or am I just wrong and just freaking out and being paranoid? Uh, me and her see each other a lot and everything. We love each other a lot. But uh, is it worth it with the, the trust being... Um, a big issue. Uh, so uh, I had a follow-up question for you. Yeah. yeah. When, when and why did you and your wife divorce? Well, we weren't divorced. We were together for about five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, when we got together, I was about 17, and she's 27 now. She's like 20, 21. And uh, I was pretty no, immature. Wait, wait, wait. You were 17 oh, sorry. and she was 27? No, no, she's 27 now. She's, she was 21 then. Oh, and you were 17 when you got together. Yeah, yeah. Sorry okay. about that. Uh, and I was uh, I was pretty immature, and uh, we had a lot of problems with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then towards later on in the relationship, I, I ended up cheating on her once at uh, with a lady at work, and uh, she found out. And we also had a daughter together, and the relationship just kind of went downhill from there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounds horrible, but you know. It's right. Yeah. The stress of, you know, the stress of parenting can can negatively impact a relationship. You know, people who think that having children bringing closer together are psychotic. Um, I always like to say that having a child is driving a wedge into your relationship, so you have to have a really strong relationship or the kid will split you up. Um, yeah. So, and you guys were really young when you got together. But now, I assume because your daughter, you're sharing parenting responsibilities, has kept you in contact, and so there's some like lingering affection that's rebirthed itself somehow? Well, we broke up uh, 
see, September of last year, mm-hmm. and as soon as we broke up, she started seeing somebody else right afterwards, which was you know, fairly painful to me, uh, since we had such uh, a long relationship. I mean, I don't know. But anyways, uh, for the last about almost a year now, we've been seeing each other every other month almost, like, in a sexual way. Uh-huh. And for, uh, like, yeah, like last year. So it's made it even worse because... So you guys are still, you're not together, you're still fucking, she's seeing other people. Well, she's seeing the same guy, but yeah, yeah. And so, what's, so now you want her not to see that guy and you guys want to date again, or she's not interested in dating again? Where's she? She, she uh, and him were together, and uh, then I guess something, I guess he cheated on her, mm-hmm. and she'd obviously been cheating on him. With and, you? Uh, yeah, with me, and uh, she, she let him know this here recently, mm-hmm. and they broke up, and now me and her have been seeing each other again. Did and it occur to either of you that, they, that neither of you are any good at monogamy? Uh-huh. And that maybe you shouldn't, uh, you know, you're going to continually be disappointed in this relationship and, and each other, and you're going to continually fail if you make a monogamous commitment a defining characteristic of the, the relationship. Maybe what you guys should do is perhaps get back together, but uh, without a monogamous expectation? Well, we, we had actually talked about uh, bringing in somebody else a couple times, and she's been interested in, interested in seeing another woman but wanted me to join in with it. Mm-hmm. And at first I was kind of... And as a red-blooded American male, you are just not interested in a three-way with two women. Uh, well, you know, I, I want to work on the relationship, and and yes, that does... What you need to do is, is look at the relationship and look at the way you two behave and how that's uh-huh. out of sync with what your expectations are, uh-huh. and then say, well, maybe we need to change our expectations and then we'll be happier with what, where we, well, how we actually are and who we actually are and what we actually do and what we, what we clearly actually want, Yeah. which is not an exclusive commitment. You can make a commitment without being sexually exclusive. And if, we're, if the, you know, the rocks your relationship keeps crashing on are you know, that you, neither of you are capable of being sexually exclusive, yeah. you can avoid those rocks by not defining your relationship as one that's sexually exclusive. Yeah, I, I can. I can see that. And if you can, if she can have been with other people, and you can have been with other people, and if she was with that guy while you were fucking her behind that guy's back, you clearly don't have a hang-up about being the only guy she fucks. Yeah. Well, the really, the I wouldn't mind that so much if it wasn't that one guy, the guy that she was seeing before. Uh huh. And I think. Like, I don't know if you on my message if you remember I said about her and him on the MySpace thing. Yeah. Well, they're still talking. And yeah. Maybe he looms larger and is a bit more threatening because they had a relationship and you want to be her primary partner and so did he, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, if you're going to do the non-monogamy thing, and guess what? You guys are already doing it. You're just miserable because you don't want to be honest about that's what you want and that's what you're doing. So you're making each other miserable doing it. But it is what you're doing. If you're going to do the non-monogamy thing successfully, you need to not, you know, be possessive in that way. You need to let you, your partner, with whom you have a non-monogamous relationship, will have friendships with some of the people that she messes around with, where they chat and flirt. It's part of the deal. So you're saying it's okay for her to, I should let it be okay for her to still be sexual with this, this guy? If it's okay with you. Oh, I, I've told her before that I really didn't want her talking with him I mean she's, she cuts hair for a living so she has a lot of friends of his that she cuts right. their hair well th- I mean this and is 
you can make an irrational demand. You know, you can be in a non-monogamous relationship and say, you know, anything goes, and I understand that, you know, we're not going to be completely sexually explicit forever, but that one guy bothers me so much I rule him out. You know, I veto him for my own comfort level so we can have a successful commitment despite the fact that we don't have a monogamous commitment. And people yeah. do that in open relationships all the time where each partner has veto power over the other partner's other partners because that's one of the ways you can preserve the primacy of, uh, of, of the primary commitment. God, I sound so boring talking about this right now. So that's not an irrational thing to ask. That she, yeah. But, you know, then you can ask that and she can say no. And then you have to decide what your next move is. Whether you yeah. want her enough to put up with her having a friendship with this guy. Yeah. Or you're willing to walk away from her. Clearly you guys have been entwined for a long time. Yeah. But something yeah. about your relationship is enduring and something about it works. Yeah. What doesn't work are your is your expectation of monogamy and her expectation of monogamy. So fucking torpedo that and then see what happens. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll I'll see what she thinks about that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's all I can do now is to see what she has to say. Because obviously it's it's we're both very sexual people and right. And I'm and I've been with her like I said since I was seventeen. I haven't really experienced a whole lot of other people. I mean, other than her. I mean, since we broke up, I've only been with one other person. Right. So, and it's yeah. And I would like to. I'm not going to lie. Three some things sound, sound totally awesome. It sounds like you guys could hammer out something, uh, you know, a deal that works. Yeah. You. you should read up on polyamory. You should read, go to some swinging websites and read the fact sheets. Read about soft swinging and hard swinging. Um, and read about open relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'd also add, you have a daughter. Yes, I have a daughter. So, she has a son also. So. so whatever you do needs to be mindful of the children involved. Like, it can't be carnival at the house if you guys end up living together again with people traipsing in and out at all hours. Oh, no, never. We're, a way we're very good about it. People who have open relationships who have children who do it in such a way that they don't, uh, you know, traumatize their kids. And I don't uh, want you traumatizing those kids either. Oh, no, no, Particularly never. if there's a lot of drama. It sounds yeah. like if you guys can work your way towards a commitment where you can, you know, commit to each other and be there for each other, perhaps live together again, parent together, and then let each other off the fucking leash. Stop expecting each other to be good at something clearly she isn't good at and you aren't interested in, which is monogamy, and there'll be less drama and less strife in, in your lives and then, therefore, the lives of those kids. Yeah, that does make sense. So. Okay? Okay. Good luck. Thank you. I'm not a quickly before we get to a couple other calls. I'm not a big advocate necessarily of open relationships. And I don't think everyone should be in them, but I am a big backer of uh, what works works. And sometimes you have to look at a relationship, look at the things in the relationship that you know don't work, and figure out if a way if there is a way to build the relationship uh, that will accommodate what you know quote unquote doesn't work and make it part of what actually works about the relationship. And oftentimes when I see two people who clearly love each other, who've been together for a while and who've both cheated and run around on each other and they keep, you know, uh, ex that keeps exploding the relationship and making them both miserable. Uh, it's because they have this expectation uh, that each of the others should be monogamous and they're both failing at monogamy. And you know what? If you put monogamy on an ice floe with grandma and shove it out <laughs> into the river and forget about it, sometimes peace 
can come to that relationship. Uh, and there's a lot of people out there in miserable, cheating relationships that involve a lot of lying and deceit who could be in perfectly functional, happy, healthy, open relationships uh, if only they would uh, wrap their brains around it. Now we're going to uh, listen to a few response calls. People have comments about uh, stuff we talked about in earlier shows. Hey, Dan. This is Tripp in Virginia. I had a comment on uh, a girl, I think it was at number 96, who was dating the 44-year-old and her parents wouldn't pay for college. Um, I thought she was just sounding whiny and entitled. I can't believe the advice you gave her. Almost everyone I went to college with paid their own way, some because their parents couldn't afford it and some because their parents had the attitude of, you're 18, you're out the door, you handle it. And through a combination of loans or saving up and going to college at an advanced age or financial aid or, or working through college, everyone I know seemed to do it just fine. So even though her parents are being total assholes about this, they're saying, if you want this free money that we don't have to give you because you're 21, we ask that you do this one thing, which is a real dick move. But instead of telling her to take the money and be under the table about it, you know, why not just tell her to tell her parents to keep their ridiculous money and their ridiculous demands and, you know, get through college the way millions of other people do it all the time. Hi, Dan. Um, I just finished listening to episode 95, and I wanted to say thank you. I think you and Dr. Guy provide an incredibly valuable service in terms of educating people, especially about HPV. Um, I was diagnosed with HPV 20 years ago, and exactly what that girl was feeling is exactly what I felt um, 20 years ago, that I was going to be infectious for the rest of my life. And it wasn't until recently that I realized since I hadn't had a breakout in 20 years that chances were I was one of those people that dispelled the virus. And it, even now, three years ago, when I entered into a new relationship, it really hampered me, and I felt really cautious. Like, I, I had to protect myself, and I had to protect the guy that I was with because um, I, I was still convinced in my head that I was still contagious in some way. Um, and so I just wanted to, again, say thank you. I think you guys are doing a great job um, because even now, for someone who's been sexually active for over 20 years, God, that makes me feel old. Um, you know, it's nice to know that there are still some things that, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know and that you can help educate your callers. Well, we're going to leave it there. Thanks for your callbacks. Thanks for your comments. If you'd like to record a question for a future podcast, 206-201-2720 is the number. Once again, that number, 206 201 2720. Please leave your name and a callback number in case we have a follow up question. And uh, I think that's it. Vote Obama in eight weeks. Uh, and hopefully we will see an end to the Republican reign of error. 206 201 2720. Me and the tech savvy at risk youth. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening.